It's December of 2021, and Juan Caminero, who's in his 20s, is recovering from COVID in the hospital. And as he's recovering, he starts feeling pain in his back while he's still at the hospital. But days pass, and he's released. And the good news is that Juan is COVID-free, but the bad news is that back pain is getting worse. The pain gets so bad that he can barely walk. So he goes back to the ER at a later date. It's slammed. It takes some hours to be seen. When they do see him, they tell him it's kidney stones. They prescribe something for the pain, and then they set up an appointment with a urologist at a later date. So Juan has to endure more pain while he waits for the urologist. But then things start to change. He meets the urologist. Urologist says, it's not kidney stones. It's just back pain. No answers. Juan leaves and eventually meets a specialist for his back, and he starts physical therapy. And it helps a little bit, but he's still in bad shape. So finally, they suggest doing an MRI. And at this point, Juan will do anything. So he does the test, and he waits a couple days for the results. Then, on a Sunday afternoon, Juan gets a phone call that will change his life. What did they say to you when you picked up that phone? So my doctor, who was a spine specialist, suggested that I sit down and um, mentioned that the results from my MRI had come back. Um, This was an MRI that I kind of got on a whim. In her opinion, I could get it or um, I could decide not to, and it should be fine if I just continue physical therapy. But sure enough, on that Sunday, she called me and uh, she just let me know that they had discovered there was a mass inside my spine. Um, She said that it, you know, could be benign, but either way they would need to... uh, perform a surgery, and then I'd need to meet with a neurosurgeon and talk about next steps. I can't imagine what Juan was feeling. You go from possible kidney stones to back pain. Next thing you know, you're getting a call telling you they found tumors in your spine. I asked him what it felt like the moment he hung up the phone. Yeah, I leaned against the kitchen counter And I remember I could kind of hear the silence in the next room as my girlfriend was listening to the conversation. I had a brief moment of like shock and I was just kind of pretty calm about it. That's how I was throughout a lot of this experience. And I just tried to to process, you know, what this might mean, you know, uh, try trying to be optimistic. But in the back of my head, I knew there was like, you know, kind of a, a potential danger looming that needed to be dealt with. So more waiting for Juan, and you all know what that's like, right? Being in purgatory while you're waiting for some kind of answer. It was excruciating. He finally met with the neurosurgeon for a pre-op, and the news, well, more bad news. So I meet with the neurosurgeon, and he tells me you know, what the surgery is going to entail and how to prepare for it. Um, as he's telling me this, he's letting me know that there's a you know, very strong likelihood based on the scans that this tumor um, is cancerous. And he's saying that I may need to do radiation therapy after surgery. Um, It it really came as like a a shock. And I kind of, again, addressed it in a really calm way. I just kind of was looking at him and it felt almost felt like a movie, like an out of body experience. I remember leaving that appointment. I had gotten a ride there and I didn't call for the, let them know that the appointment was done right away. I kind of like walked out to the to the lobby of the hospital and just kind of sat there for a while processing like, you know, what, what that meant. So it's, it's safe to say that I was just in a, in a really um, kind of another state of shock and, and, and thinking like, okay, what do I need to do next? What can you do next? You know, the only thing really to do is prepare. 
So leading up to the surgery, I talked to a lot of people in my life about, you know, what the news and what was going on, but I, I really felt like I needed to get things in order. Um, you know, I expected that I'd wake up from the surgery and, but, but, uh, but I didn't know for sure. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty serious surgery. So I felt like I had to prepare and even the hospital suggested getting together a will. And plus I knew that the radiation uh, was looming. So I um, put together a will, had it, you know, my childhood best friend, his parents were the witnesses for the will. Um, a really strange experience doing that, you know, in my twenties. And then I kind of compiled all these writings about my life. I just started writing uh, my thoughts on everything for my daughter. Uh, she's only two. And at the time she was only two. And I, um, you know, collected a bunch of pictures, of my friends and loved ones, and just tried to put my life on a flash drive essentially before the surgery. And I learned that you can't do that. You know, I, I couldn't write enough. There wasn't enough that I could say um, before before going into surgery that made me feel like, yeah, I said everything that I needed to say. But it at least helped me kind of cope in the lead up to surgery. The day of the surgery comes and Juan's family is there. And he asks the neurosurgeon one more time if this is as bad as he says. And the neurosurgeon basically says, yeah, it most likely is. Juan eventually drifts off into sleep. Then... When the operation is over, he opens his eyes, but to something he didn't expect. So I wake up from the surgery and I see my family smiling and celebrating. Uh, they say they have good news. The tumors are likely benign. Uh, when the doctor was taking them out, he could tell by looking at them that um, you know, they were benign. Uh, I still had a hard time accepting that as reality, you know, because naturally he was the the same doctor who had told me that this would likely be cancer twice. And so I had to kind of wait till I heard from him and um, until I, I would feel that, you know, this is, I, I can, I can rest now. I can relax. When Juan first told me the story, I expected him to be yelling and screaming for joy when he got the news. But the more I thought about it, I totally understood what he meant when he said he had a hard time accepting this. Think about what he's been through, the misdiagnosis, the ambiguity. He was essentially preparing to fight for his life when he woke up, but the doctor called and confirmed the tumors were benign. And even though there would be a long and painful recovery in the hospital following the surgery and more testing to follow that, Juan had a new lease on life. I asked him if there was a moment, even a small one, where he allowed himself to feel some relief. I don't think I felt relaxed and started to feel like I was going to be okay and I, I you know, may live a, a healthy, fine life until that moment where I was finally out of the hospital and got in the car. You know, my family is all there. We're driving back home and I just kind of sighed and I... I no one was in the back seat with me. And I remember I kind of like silently like cried, honestly, like just a tear coming down my face. Cause it's just like, uh, it's, I'm at least out of the hospital. I don't know what the biopsy is going to say. I don't know what is next, but I know that I got through that. And I think that that is the moment where it's like, okay, like we're through at least part of this. So, you know, no matter what comes next, I kind of, um, I hit a point where, I, I'm at peace for the moment. Juan's at peace, but considering what he's been through, he can't help but see the world a little bit differently. We recorded this episode in November of 2022, just about a year after this whole thing started. Juan spends time with his family, his loved ones, especially his daughter. And right before we talked, he told me he just competed in a jujitsu tournament. What a badass. You know, 
Peace is a good word, but when I think about Juan's story, one word comes to mind for me, and that's grace. Seven Minute Stories is created and performed by Aaron Califato. Our senior audio engineer is Ken Went. Our resident artist is Pete Whitehead. Original music by TJ Duke. If you or your company needs help starting a podcast, Aaron and Ken's company, Valley View, does just that. Reach out to them at valleyview.fm. Special thanks to our partners at Evergreen Podcasts, and I'm Corey Burse. Make sure to tune in next week for another story.